Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, you're listening to Popcorn Podcasts with Lee and Tim, where this week we're going to discuss the film The Forgiven, plus covering off all the latest movie and trailer news. I'm Timmy Fland, movie buff. And I'm Lee Livingstone, entertainment journalist. And we love to talk all things movies. And today we're talking The Forgiven, which takes place over one weekend in a remote area of Morocco when a wealthy couple speeding through the desert to attend a friend's decadent party hit and kill a local teenage boy. The film explores the reverberations of this random accident on the lives of both the local Muslims and the Western visitors when the boy's father arrives seeking answers. The Forgiven is directed by John Michael McDonough with a screenplay by McDonough based on the novel by Lawrence Osborne. The film stars Jessica Chastain, Rafe Fiennes, Matt Smith, Caleb Landry-Jones, Abby Lee and Christopher Abbott. Fantastic cast. Now, mm. before we jump into this movie, yeah. the film opens with old school credits. Yes. And I freaking love that. Right. But I really want to understand because I've not been able to stop thinking and trying to figure out why. Mm. And I may just be overthinking this. Okay. But the credits present themselves in reverse. So you start at the very end of where the credits would be. Then it comes up to who's in the film. Jessica Chastain, Ray Fiennes. Yeah. Like it's literally in reverse. Is mm-hmm. there any s- hidden symbolic meaning behind that? I didn't even notice that. Yeah, in <laughs> they're in reverse. It's just like all, all the technical people yeah. at the beginning. So it doesn't start with who's top build and who whatever. Mm. It does it in complete reverse. And I've just been scratching my head all week. Yeah, interesting. And I will continue to scratch my head, it seems. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Yeah. So when we meet these characters, Joe and David, Chastain and Fiennes, mm it's immediately clear they're unhappily married. Okay, They just barely tolerate each other, basically. <laughs> um, and they're looking for a weekend escape in the middle of the desert. It's miles and miles to get there. They're travelling a long way for this party. 400 miles for yeah. a party. What's the longest you've travelled to make to a party? I don't know, but one of my husband's best friends 
flew from Norway to Australia for our wedding for wow. only two days, three days. What? He came all the way for our wedding for a party. Wow. Shout out to Christian. That's pretty special. Mm. Slightly silly. <laughs> <laughs> no, we no. were very grateful to yeah. have him there. Gosh, what a shame. Have mm. they come back to Australia since no. to experience it? No. Well, oh. the, then the pandemic happened. Oh, okay. Well, actually, no. We've no, been married been for married quite a while. Some time. How long was the pandemic? It feels like forever. <laughs> it okay. does, doesn't it? So the tension in this film comes from what might happen. Yes. What kind of retribution this couple are going to face after hitting and killing this local boy mm. and whether justice will be served in a satisfying way because they immediately try to cover it up. Yeah, I mean, the police show up mm. to rule it as an accident, right? They and say they don't know who this boy is. Yes. There's no ID on him. Yeah, I was on the edge of my seat in all the two-hander scenes between Fines, Ray Fines, incredible actor, and Ishmael Kanata, who plays the grieving father. What did you think of all the scenes with them in it? Oh, I, I thought it was amazing. You, mm. you sort of you were you were on the edge of your seat. There was that tension. There was mm. that anticipation mm-hmm. constantly in this movie. It was just rich in trying to figure out what's going to happen and not mm. really knowing what the characters mm. were going to say, how they were going to react within their own world of like privilege. Right. Mm. The, the the themes in this movie are, are so apparent, and it's just one of those movies where the events just snowball Mm. uh, into something you just don't expect to happen. Yeah. And, I mean, talking about the themes, the Mm. film is billed as a clash over culture, Mm. faith and accountability in a thriller peppered with biting humour and scathing observations. Mm. Now, scathing is a good word because there is not one ounce of sympathy to be scrounged for these rich white wankers. You talk about white privilege – It's like the epitome on display here. It's dripping, dripping off the characters. You know, they come into this country, wall themselves up in this Mm. castle slash village. Yeah. Don't make any effort to involve themselves in the culture of the thing. They just move their whole American white privilege party to the middle of the Moroccan desert for the novelty of it, basically. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the film is also about respect, just to build on that, the theme of respect, because we have strangers in a strange land and... They need to honour and respect, you know, the humble rituals such mm. as the burial of the mm. boy, you know, that that's brought into it and, and fidelity and all those things. Mm. It, it is like their Western white world has just picked up and plonked mm. in this exotic, amazing location. Respect is a good word yeah. because they constantly patronise the locals throughout this whole film who are serving them endless drinks and catering to every outrageous whim mm. of these Westerners. Mm. Question for you. Mm. Do you think that we needed more of a perspective of the locals yes. and less of the Westerners? Yes. Because I feel like it was lacking the balance in voices and perspectives. Mm. Having said that, though, mm. I know we're on the same page, I agree, mm. but was that also the point? Like it was yeah. to be very one-sided and so all all the local people were kind of just shoved to the side unceremoniously. Yeah, so like the audience were supposed to be feeling uncomfortable yes. in watching this world and decrying it, I guess. I don't know. You're almost literally positioned in how the film's been written and shot that you're positioned as being the white people. Yeah, like, which we are. <laughs> which we are, yes. But it's like, okay, so we're not getting much of the other perspective here. You do get flavours of mm. which is really important and adds many layers to it. But you feel like you're in the shoes of these characters and yeah. it's very uncomfortable to watch. Yeah, and to add to that, I don't think it was clear what this story was trying to achieve. Yeah, okay. 
just to, you know, mm. the other side of it. Mm. Is it a commentary on clash of cultures? Yeah. Is it the pitfalls of white privilege? Mm. Mm. Or is it trying to show that we're all flawed individuals as humans seeking forgiveness from the same place? I think it's all those things. Yeah. But to agree with you, it doesn't know which one it wants to focus mm. on more over the other. One thing I did wonder, so this film really makes you think. Oh, gosh. Which yeah. is interesting. Yes, yes, yes. Um, does it villainize Arabic culture or demonstrate that grief and loss can push anyone to the unthinkable? I don't know. That's a good question to ponder on. Yeah. What Where did you come to? I don't know. Yeah. Because I feel like it was trying to position itself to show the beautiful intricacies of the traditions and you know the the grief of this father and the family when he Mm. comes across his boy and what needs to happen after that Mm. was explored really wonderfully Mm. but then you're always in this position of almost being nervous about what's going to happen and I wonder whether that was on purpose to make us question why we feel fear about Ray Fiennes going off with the father to bury his son. Yes. So it, it challenges you to be like, what would would you be scared scared in this moment? Yes. Should you be scared? Yes. Or should there be that level of respect in understanding and making the effort that when yes. you when you do travel and you go to new cultures, that you take the time to mm. understand the people and yeah. understand where they're coming from. Because it's all about the fear about what's going to happen. Yes. What's this guy going to do? And he's scary and all this stuff. And it made me wonder, oh, are not. you trying Yeah, are you trying to get the audience to question our preconceived notions mm. or is it villainizing this culture? And this is what the director behind this film does beautifully right. is that he's never afraid to take on challenging subject matters mm. and characters that are up against, you know, questionable ethics and morality and things. Mm. So I I think you've broken through what this film is trying to yeah. do. And now I'm like thinking about this movie in a whole new way. <laughs> right. Honestly, right here, right now. Yeah. We hope we've made you think about it too. <laughs> Got to talk about the performances. Yeah. Okay. We aren't supposed to like these characters, the party goers. They treat the local land and culture like their own personal theme park, holiday home. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. David, played by Ray Fiennes, is argumentative, mm-hmm. arrogant, self-centered. Grumpy. Yep. Someone you just don't find any sympathy with, especially when he tries to buy his way out of this bad situation yeah. for $1,000, mind you. Yes. A kid's life for $1,000. It's disgusting. is disgusting? Mm-hmm. See, they're the things that you feel. It's like, well, shit, is, is that what we should do? Would have I offered 2000 or five or 10? Mm. Like, would have I even offered any money whatsoever? And for context, situation? he's a surgeon. Yes. They're, so they're wealthy people. Wealthy. I mean, red flag, he has driving gloves, which I just think is <laughs> yes. wanker incarnate. Sorry. I'm glad, our listeners I'm, I'm glad you brought up the driving gloves because we looked at each other and went driving gloves. Driving oh my God, gloves. he's an asshole. He is an asshole, And fuck, he is a fucking asshole. Mm. He, a self-proclaimed uh, highly functioning alcoholic. Yeah. Although he kills a boy, so not particularly mm. highly functioning. Yeah. <sighs> okay, I've got to be careful with how I say this. I did love his character. Yes. I just oh, I just had so much fun with his mm. wit and his crass – he's a dick. You love to hate him. I love to hate him. And God, Ray Fiennes just revels in yeah. a character like this. He's awful. And yet <laughs> in the hands of an accomplished actor like Ray Fiennes, mm. you do see this subtle shift in him. Yes. And a beautiful. surprising sliver of humanity mm. as he's confronted with the family's grief. Yeah. 
and he's immersed in the local rituals and the local life for just like a brief moment, a couple mm. of days. He's forced out from behind this oasis with the high walls and locked gates into an unfamiliar world. Mm. And of course, like it doesn't change him forever. Like it doesn't change his entire personality. No. But it does shift something in there, him. There's a there's a layer of redemption here. Mm. Is self-redemption. And what I found really interesting is while we follow his journey in this story, the juxtaposition between, you know, the the class divide and mm. the privilege and the locals just becomes further and further distant mm. because you've got one character that's actually having their eyes opened for a hot mm. second and everyone else is just so distracted and self-absorbed within mm. their own debaucherous, you know, yeah. unethical behaviour. Drinking, orgies, like yeah, it's all, all going on. Above, all of the above. One of my favourite lines from the film that perfectly encapsulates who David is is – you're a real shit stirrer, aren't you, David? Like he is. He's a shit <laughs> yeah. stirrer and we love it. And Jessica Chastain's Joe, his wife, is a complex character who is sleepwalking through her life and oh. she takes this terrible accident as the breaking dam, if you like, to her numbness and a catalyst to change everything for herself. Um, again, just thinking about herself, really. Yes. It's very telling that it's always about them. It's always about these white characters. Yes. No matter what happens, somehow it's always about them. I mean, of course you in some way empathise towards the character of Joe because she is, mm. what you said, sleepwalking through life. That's mm. a really good way of, of explaining it. She is a bit numb. She's, she's an uninspired mm. children's author. Mm. And I don't know about you, but I was like – this bitch writes kids' books? Like, <laughs> I was like, that feels odd. But the thing uh, is, for most of the film, you think she's actually not that bad yes. compared to her husband. Mm. And she's just there to have a good time. She wants to escape. But then there's little flavours of that white privilege that come in and that bitchiness because, you know, she's sitting there in the morning and somebody brings her a cup of tea and she says, thank you. Like, at least she says, thank you. But then she looks up and goes, Hmm, no honey. Yeah. And he's like, excuse me? And she's like, no, nothing. Like, yeah. and mm. you know what I mean? Like, mm. Mm. you just see these little moments of the, you know, upper middle class dickheads. Yeah. I mean, you you reminded in those very nuanced pieces of the script mm. that just a reminder. She's not, not a, great Not either. a good person mm. either. Yeah. I mean, and the thing, she does awful things as well. I think she enjoys living her life in resentment as well. You think like so? Everyone resents each other in this yes. movie. Yes. Yeah. And then you get Matt Smith and Caleb Landry Jones as Richard and Dally. Mm. They're the couple that are throwing this lavish party in the middle of nowhere. Richard is reserved, that's Matt Smith, Yes, uh, but sophisticated and he likes to bring this diverse group of people together for the fireworks and the <laughs> gossip. He's there for the tea, basically. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's probably why he invited David because he, he's, he, he was the one that called yeah. him a shit stirrer. So he's consciously inviting yeah. this guy to his party to see what happens. Pot, to yeah. see what happens. Yeah. yeah. And then Dally, his partner, is the drama queen wild card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Constantly just walking around having dramatic tantrums and being drunk and wanting to throw parties. Yeah, I loved it. I love their dinner. I thought they were a really good character uh, pair. Yeah. So witty and just full of charisma. Yeah. I loved them. I yeah. love their performances. Matt Smith, he just floats in and he just, I just love <laughs> yeah. I just love what he brings to the party here and so then, to speak <laughs> yeah and then of course you've got Ishmael Kanata who plays the young boy's father Abdella mm. and the interplay as I said between him and Ray Fiennes is just so engaging all the time yeah I completely agree there's um there's so much to take away from the uh, language barrier as well mm. between them because they don't fully understand yes. each other but you almost don't need to understand no and they're reading everything on each other's faces yes 
And so Abdella is very intimidating yes. and withdrawn. But, I mean, he's just lost his son. Yeah. Whereas David is just so arrogant. And what he's what Abdella's looking for on his face is some kind of sincerity mm. that he's sorry. Yeah. But, of course, David is just pinched up and so tight. And he sees what he's agreed to as merely like a transaction mm. at first. Oh, I have to do this. Yeah. Okay. I'll be back. Yeah. And then you've got the supporting white characters who I think just felt really pointless in this film other than to pile on to this sycophantic atmosphere and really hammer home how awful these privileged assholes are. I think that's the only purpose the supporting cast served. I I agree. They're they're just there to add some colour to to the party. But when those scenes were happening were when I was – the least engaged in the film. Yeah, I mean, I think this film does suffer from some pacing issues. It's okay. almost two hours and there's somewhere in the middle where I was getting a little restless mm. uh, and those scenes are kind of used to mm. pad stuff out, maybe unnecessarily, yeah. so I'll agree with you there. One standout I want to call out is Australian Abby Lee, though, <laughs> who plays just a constantly drunk party girl. Yeah, and woo then, girl. Yeah, and then <laughs> woo girl. Yes, <laughs> she's, she's such a woo girl. A woo girl. And Chris Abbott, who is a mysterious ladies' man who locks his sights on on Joe. She was great. Have you seen her in anything? Abby Lee? Yeah. Yeah, well, she's been in Old. Oh. M. Night Shyamalan's Old. You said that to me at the end of the movie. I was like, oh, yeah, it was her. Uh, One to watch. I don't know. There's something about her that's just a lot of fun. Yeah. She is a lot of fun in this movie. Yeah, she is. And the Australian accent just stands out like a sore thumb. It does literally an Aussie in the middle of the Moroccan desert. (laughs) (laughs) It makes more noise just for that reason alone. (laughs) Yes, and she's also very loud. She is very loud. (laughs) Uh, We've also got housekeeper Hamid, played by Murad Zawi, who is the observer and he sees everything. Mm. And he's also the conduit between not only the depravity of the Westerners, and the traditional local customs, but he's also the audience. You know, he's us watching everything unfold. Yeah, making commentary about the decisions that are getting made around him. And he has his own moral dilemmas on hand as well because Mm. he's a part of of these awful Mm. things that are happening and you see it ticking Mm. uh, away behind whether, you know, he's comfortable with this or it's just how Mm. it is and he just gets on with it. Yeah, he's straddling these old world values with this modern culture mm. and then also living in this world of the depraved white people. Yeah. Can we talk about the cinematography yes. for for a bit? Gorgeously captured. Yes. The arid landscape, the beautiful oasises in the mm. middle of the desert. Like this movie really offers a sense of scale, scope, isolation mm-hmm. uh, and also the juxtaposition between privilege Yes. And and desolate. Yes. And authenticity was so hugely important to the filmmakers. So most of the shooting did actually take place on site in Mm. remote Moroccan locations and in the actual city of Tangier where a lot of it takes place. I mean, that would have posed many logistical challenges to do that. But, I mean, this is what filmmaking does so well. They push the boundaries and they offer that. Use mm. the word authenticity, mm-hmm. and it adds so much more to the film in what it's trying to say. Yeah. When you position the characters and the camera in real, tangible environments, you yeah. cannot replicate that. And there's this beautiful oasis where the party goers go for a swim. Mm. And, and then also this big ridge where David looks out over the desert landscape, almost like right across to where he's just come from, miles yeah. and miles and miles and miles away. Yeah. And the juxtaposition of that, of what he's going through versus them having this great time at this mm. oasis and swimming and drinking and, and whatnot, it's just stunning. And the cinematography and the choice of where this is set 
adds to that tension that you mentioned before. Mm. It just yes. builds that tension. It is that unknown that it just grips you from a story mm. perspective and wanting to understand what's going yeah. to happen next. You think you think something's got to give. Yes. Shall we wrap up our review of The Forgiven, Tim? Yes, let's give it a go. Look, I enjoyed this film, but I can't quite figure out if I loved it or not. I think its slow pacing was the ultimate deterrent for me with this one. However, I encourage you to seek out this movie if you are a fan of slow burn, thought-provoking character drama. Fines and Chastain also affirm their brilliant acting abilities. Their performances are so full of nuance mm. and charisma as well as the other cast members. This film explores a rich tapestry of many themes that will change you and stick with you to contemplate and wrestle with new ones that we've discovered yes. while we've been talking. I'm going to rate The Forgiven three popcorn kernels. So The Forgiven is a tense exploration of complex ideas that perhaps doesn't say enough about any of them to give you a point of view, but maybe that's the point. Mm. The captivating performances and authentic explorations of culture, grief and retribution elevate the psychological drama, but much of the party and supporting characters could have been buried in the sand to sharpen the central story, I think. I'm giving The Forgiven three and a half popcorn kernels. Well, The Forgiven is in Australian cinemas from July 28. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. All right, let's jump into the news now. Well, San Diego Comic-Con has been and gone and, as expected, gifted us with so many amazing film reveals. Let's dive into some of the biggest now. It's almost like a case of where do we begin? Yeah. But let's begin here. Let's begin with Marvel, right? So Marvel blew up Hall H with a plethora of exciting news, including that Phase 4 will officially end with Black Panther Wakanda Forever, which is in Australian cinemas on November. November 10. Now, they also dropped the first trailer for the superhero sequel, giving us a look at what this world will be without Chadwick Boseman, who played King T'Challa and sadly passed away in 2020 after battling cancer. There's a bit of a movement online that I've seen. There's two camps, really, that, mm. that this is the right way to go with addressing the death of Chadwick Boseman, just yes. that we quietly say that King T'Challa died off screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's another movement saying that we're glorifying his death by putting it on screen. I don't really fully understand the thinking behind that one because I don't think they're glorifying it. No. I think it's just a nice little nod to the fact that he's not there anymore. Um, It's respectful, I find. I find it respectful, yeah. But the feeling out there is that they should just recast the role and continue King T'Challa. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm sure there were many conversations with Mm. Kevin Feige and Ryan Coogler, the director, to find out exactly what they were going to do. And I support them through this choice. Mm. And we don't really know how he 
dies and leaves the world of the MCU mm. as a character. Yeah. And I think I'm very confident they will handle it well. Yeah. Yeah. And also Wakanda Forever being the end of Phase 4. We've talked about this at length on the podcast about how long Phase, phase four, 4 has is. been and that it didn't seem to be going anywhere. Yes. Now that you know that Wakanda Forever in just a couple of months is the end of Phase 4, how do you feel about Phase 4? I still feel exactly the same. Right. I am like, very, what was the point? <laughs> what was the point? Where are we headed? I mean, look, we're about to dive into what some phases mm. are and what it's the umbrella that it falls under, which is all really good and it's exciting. But it's almost like, oh, so you didn't get it in phase four. So here we're going to spoon feed you exactly what this is all about. But you don't yeah. you don't really feel that it's part of that just yet. And maybe, maybe Black Panther Wakanda Forever will just be that cherry on top that will be the Oh, oh, I see what you're doing. Maybe, okay, maybe. Okay. Yeah. So back to the trailer. Yeah. The trailer is set to a slower version of Bob Marley's No Woman, No Cry and is narrated by a fierce Angela Oof. Bassett as Queen Mother Ramonda. Girl. It also introduces us to Namor, the mutant ruler of Atlantis and the character of Riri Williams, a.k.a. Ironheart. I have not watched a trailer that has made me so emotional in a long time. Yeah. Did you? It's powerful, right? How it did is. you feel? It is, yeah. Gosh. And there's so much to this movie that I wasn't expecting. Mm. It's like we were talking about this offline that it feels like uh, layers of Avatar in there. Yeah. There's some blue people. Yeah. A lot of stuff happening underwater. Yeah. The scale of this movie looks in, intense. Yeah. I think Ryan Coogler is going to deliver another winner. 100%. And as if that wasn't enough, mm. Kevin Feige dropped the entire plan for Marvel Phase 5 on us, which includes the titles Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, The Marvels, Blade, and series including Secret Invasion, Daredevil Born Again, Loki Season 2, and Agatha Coven of Chaos, which I am just quietly Cannot hanging wait. for. And those movies will release throughout 2023 and 2024. So another long phase ahead of us. Another long phase. The, the thing that jumped out most at me here was that all of the Disney Plus original series to date have been, what, six to eight episodes? Yeah. The Daredevil Born Again series is an 18-episode series. Yeah. It's very long. It's cool, though. It's cool. It's going to be great. And the audiences just cannot wait to bring Daredevil back into the fold. Mm. But I just that stood out to me as yeah. quite a significant difference. Yeah, and I think some of the series that we've had could have been films. Oh, like yeah. Moon Knight could have been a film. Right. I never finished it. <laughs> right. I haven't even finished episode two of Moon Knight. Right. Yeah. I, I will eventually get to yeah. it because I have to. Phase four has just been a slog for me, that's all. <laughs> but I've made that very clear on you're, the pod. You're pushing through the mud to get through I it. I am. Help me. Yeah. Now, Lee, we also got a sneak peek at phase six titles. That's right. Set to begin towards the end of 2024 and includes titles such as Fantastic Four, Avengers The Kang Dynasty, which has also been announced as being directed by Shang-Chi's Dustin Daniel Cretton. I'm so here exciting. for that. Yes. I'm so here for that. Yep. Oh, yeah. And also, six months later, another Avengers film titled Avengers Secret Wars. So with phase four, five and six officially grouped as the multiverse saga. How are you feeling, Lee? The multiverse saga. Yes. I like that they've given it an overarching title. What was the first saga, the Infinity Saga? Infinity Saga. They called it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, it makes sense. There's a lot of multiverse dimensional shit going on in phase mm. four that hasn't quite converged into anything. But I do get a little giddy excited about this. Yeah. Yeah. I cannot wait for the Fantastic Four movie, I tell you. <laughs> yeah, I think it's pretty cool as well that they've divided the like climax of this saga into two Avengers films again. Yes. 
Like, I'm here for that. I, I mean, really am worked, here for that. It worked so well. Oh, can it work again, though? Can it work again? I hope so. I hope so. We also got a first look at DC's superhero sequel, Shazam! Fury of the Gods. I still haven't seen the first one. Haven't you? No, I'm oh, really not into it. I'm here I am judging you. It's like whenever I have not seen so many movies and you're like, Jim Ovey! <laughs> uh, look, it's a bit of fun. It's nothing too special. Judge away. Judge away. <laughs> um, so Zachary Levi once again returns as the grown-up version of foster kid Billy, played by Asher Angel, who transforms into a superhero whenever he says the word Shazam! <laughs> it's about as camp as it sounds. <laughs> so the trailer begins with Billy feeling unsure about his worth as a hero, especially as his foster siblings are also heroes now and off doing their own thing. So soon the wizard informs Billy that the daughters of Atlas are coming to take down the powers they think the kids stole. So at the end of the first film, because you have seen it, obviously, yes. do the other kids get the powers? Is yes. that Okay, so because I was like, who are these people? <laughs> yeah, they do. And it becomes this, you know, big superhero group. Yeah. Or, or whatever. It's it's very fun. It's it's really fun. But right, there's okay. quite a lot of them. Yes, there is. There's a massive cast in this. Yeah. And in the trailer, we also get glimpses of Helen Mirren Oof. as Hespera, Lucy Liu as Calypso, and Rachel Ziegler as Anthea, which are all characters inspired by Greek gods, not directly from the comics. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. You know, I completely forgot that Rachel Ziegler was in this movie. And when she popped up in the trailer, I was like, Oh, hello. <laughs> oh, hello, Snow White. Hello, Snow White. I, I, look, I'm obsessed with Helen Mirren. I, I yeah. just revel in the fact that she's playing a villain in this. What did you think in the trailer, the line that he throws out where he's like, if I've learned anything from the Fast and the Furious and she kind of raises her eyebrow. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was quite funny. Because whose mum is she in that franchise? Uh, the British dude. Um, Jason Statham. Jason Statham. What's his character's? Oh, Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah. Which one is he? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> One of them. Hobbs, I think. No, he's Hobbs no, and or Shaw. He's well, sure. He's, he's, are you sure? <laughs> I'm not sure that he's sure. I'm pretty sure well, he's sure. There we go. Fact check us. Fact check us. <laughs> well, speaking of Hobbs and Shaw, the, the Rock, who's one of them, not sure, Hobbs or Shaw. <laughs> so he made quite an entrance to reveal new footage from Black Adam, which will be in Aussie cinemas on October 20. Yeah. So if you've seen this footage, it's like the Rock rising out of the stage with his costume on, lightning bolts going behind him. And it's like he's like controlling the lightning, which is pretty funny. It was cool. He's not the Messiah. He's just a naughty boy. It was a pretty cool entrance, I have to say. Yes, he does make a good entrance. Now, just building on that, because mm. there seems to be some disappointment at Henry Cavill not appearing at SDCC to discuss the future of Superman, mm. right? People want to know. Inquiring minds want to know. Inquiring minds, two of which are actually having a conversation right now. Mm. Now, that disappointment was compounded when Dwayne Johnson, a.k.a. Black Adam, he was asked who would win in a fight between Adam and Superman. And his answer has sent quite the ripple effect of rumours and rage through fans across the globe. Did he begin the answer by saying the hierarchy of the DC <laughs> universe is about to change? He said that at nausea. Oh gosh, I'm sick point. of hearing that. That's, he said, that's a great question. Don't threaten me with a good time because I'm going to answer that question. I will say, as you guys know, because we're all in deep with this mythology, it's been an age-old question of who would win in a fight between Black Adam and Superman. Pound for pound, they're pretty close. I guess it probably all depends on who is playing Superman. Mm. I'm just going to say that and I'll leave it at that. Is that a hint? What does this mean? Does that mean that somebody else is going to be playing Superman and he doesn't know who it is yet? Yeah, I feel like he well has no fucks to give. <laughs> but also that he, he said too much. You think? But it just makes it worse. It's like, why can't DC 
and that team just give us the answer. Just either tell us, don't worry about it, Henry Cavill will hang around, or we're moving on to another direction. We can't wait mm. to share what we have in store. Yeah, it's it's they don't really have a good handle on still yeah, on on the direction of this stuff. What direction? And I'm just going to jump to another piece of news that's DC related. Sure. Because Jason Momoa seems to have let some big news slip this week. Yep. He seems to have confirmed the return of Batfleck, <laughs> Ben Affleck, in Aquaman The Lost Kingdom in a recent social post and video. So Momoa published a picture of him and Ben Affleck on the set of the film during reshoots with the caption, Reunited, Bruce and Arthur, love you and miss you, Ben. WB Studio Tours just explored the back lot, all right. <laughs> Busted on set, all great things coming, Aquaman 2. Yeah, so Momoa had to post the photo because after he filmed a video from the set discussing the return of Affleck, a buggy full of studio tourists overheard him as they yeah. were passing by and then he walked briefly into Affleck's trailer revealing the actor on the phone. And it's not known how much Affleck will feature in the sequel. It could just be an end credit scene. Maybe. But the movie's going to hit cinemas next March, so I guess we'll find out then. Do you think this was staged? Look, I don't want to be cynical, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it did feel a little... I mean, come on. Or maybe the studio tour did overhear him and they thought, oh shit, we better just get ahead of it and say something. Yeah. Look, anyway, it's exciting. Uh, my understanding is that Ben Affleck will feature in the Flash movie as the Batman as well. Right, yeah. So, I mean, he's still in the fold. So I'm not surprised that he's going to show up in Aquaman 2. But again, in terms of no direction with Henry Cavill and the Superman character and story, mm. there's no clear direction on what's happening with everything, Batfleck. Everything that's happening with the Flash and Ezra Miller. Yeah, it's a wild, wild The time. DC is just plagued. They can't catch a break, can they? Yeah. Well, no, hopefully, luckily... The hierarchy is about to change. Yeah. <laughs> Black Adam will come and save the day. Oh, dear. Now, Keanu Reeves, please take this one. I know how much you love him. Yes, I do love Keanu. Keanu Reeves shared a sneak peek at John Wick Chapter 4 with a short teaser heralding the return of one of his most popular characters in March of 2023. So the teaser shows that it isn't business as usual for Wick, who is seen beating up a number of foes with any number of weapons. Yeah. Have you given any thought to where this ends, says a voiceover? No one, not even you, can kill everyone. He's going to try, though. He's going to try. He's going to try. I mean, I love this series so much. <laughs> You're so excited. You're practically I, levitating off I the chair. I'm levitating. I'm like Dwayne Johnson coming into the <laughs> H Hall or Hall H. Yeah, I, I just love this series. Yeah. Are you a fan? You're a fan of the John Wick movies? I am, yeah, definitely. I'm a fan of everything that Keanu Reeves does, to be honest. Yeah. He cops a lot of flack, but he's amazing. Oh. Not from us, though. No. Not from us. Not from us. That about wraps up another episode of Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim. We covered The Forgiven. In Australian cinemas from July 28. And as always, guys, thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Come and join in the conversation. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at Popcorn Podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.